We've been talking about speaking in tongues recently and what an amazing gift this is for followers of Jesus to help us connect with God in a supernatural way. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, uh, anytime we like. And I want to just here give a little overview of, of what this peculiar gift is, where it comes from, what it's like for us as, as Christians today. So here's a little overview from the Bible, a little bit from a little bit of church history and my own experience. And uh, we'll start off uh, when we look through the Bible, we see it, it all begins, doesn't it, at the beginning in, in, in Genesis. And we see God created people to live in relationship with him, partnership with him. That was the design. And we all know. Um, it went wrong when people chose to take life into their own hands and do life separately from God. Um, and we see through the whole story of the Bible, um, God initiating reconnection with his people. And uh, through the Old Testament, we see these whispers that his desire and his design and his intention is to um, put his spirit and his life into us. Uh in a, so looking, looking at some of the early parts of the Old Testament, um, interestingly, one of the per- first people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, to use those words, in ex- is in Exodus, second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 31, and it's an artist here. Um, it says, Exodus 31 verse 2, See, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, and I've filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. That's great, isn't it, how the Holy Spirit can gift and fill people with the ability to produce beautiful things uh, and art that glorifies God. And then as we go on looking through the Old Testament, particularly as we get into things like Samuel, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, we see at time, and then in Kings and in Chronicles, you see times when the Holy Spirit comes on a person and, and then as a result, they prophesy, they bring a message from God or they do some sort of powerful thing. And then the Holy Spirit seems to sort of move off them again. So it comes on specific people, normally quite a small number of people, really, um, for a particular time, does something and then sort of moves off again. And if you want to look at that more, you could do a sort of uh, a concordance or a Google search on spirit, you know, in, in, in look at 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. And, and you'll see examples of that, the Holy Spirit coming on people uh, there. And then we see, uh, we read of things like um, in Ezekiel when uh, he prophesies God's wanting to take our hearts of stone and give us instead hearts of flesh, hearts that are soft, hearts that are, are kind of warm towards God. Um, and then a famous one would be in Joel, Joel chapter 2. Let me just find that in my Bible. When, um, when again, Joel prophesying what will come through Jesus and he says and this is in chapter 2 verse 28 I will pour out my spirit on all people so it's just a few people that the spirit came on in earlier parts of the old testament but speaking here about this time when God will pour his spirit out on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams your young men will see visions even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth blood and fire and billows of smoke and so it goes on but we see that that God's intention his desire there to pour out his Holy Spirit on everybody not just a few special um, uh, prophet type people but but actually on on, on all one men and women you know, everyone servants and sort of high-ranking people and then we uh, we come to the the the, 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 the time of Jesus. Jesus comes and we see him 
and his disciples. And, and we see him, him doing amazing miracles. He comes out of the desert time filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then we see his disciples, um, more so than we did in the Old Testament, really, um, walking in some of the power of God in, in, a, in a pretty profound way. But again, with them, it kind of comes and it goes. Uh, they, they, they do some miracles. They do some amazing cast out some demons. And then it sort of lifts from them again. And, uh, and then what, it really changes in the book of Acts uh, when Pentecost happens, the sort of birth, which is the sort of birth of the church. And Jesus said this, this thing. He said, I've got to go and leave you now. And if I leave you, then the Holy Spirit will come on you instead. And uh, interesting why, why it had to happen that way, but that's, that's his design. And um, he said, the Holy Spirit will come on you uh, and bring you power. And, um, and we see that happen in Acts chapter 2. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes on the believers there. And we, and we see here, uh, speaking in tongues for the first time. And so Acts chapter 2, uh, when they're all together in, in one place, suddenly a sound uh, like the blowing of wind came, came from heaven and filled the whole place. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them. And then verse 4 of chapter 2 says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And we're going to say a bit in a minute about the different types of speaking in tongues that we see talked about in the Bible here. But um, what's interesting is that the tongues they speak in are, are, are languages that are known and spoken by the people who are visiting Jerusalem. And so they all hear um, people from different nations who, who speak different languages hear the disciples, the, um, the, the followers of Jesus here speaking um, in their own languages and their languages that the disciples haven't learnt uh, in naturally. So there's this, this amazing overflowing theme that comes from people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then as we travel through Acts, we see the, we see the, the church growing and it you know, starts off in Jerusalem and it, and it expands. And um, some pretty significant moments, I think, with, uh, with, with speaking in tongues and, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, look, at, look at chapter 8, Acts chapter 8. And uh, they're in, uh, I think it's in Samaria here, are they? Is that where they are? Um, and yes, and chapter 8, verse 15, uh, there are believers there. And uh, they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 16. So Peter and John prayed for them and they received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say what happened when they received the Holy Spirit here. Um, it, but it does say that in some of the other passages we'll look at next. It just says that these people received the Holy Spirit here. If we've gone to chapter 10... Got this wonderful time with Cornelius, who's the first real Gentile, i.e., non-Jewish person, to um, uh, sort of meet with the disciples, and, and uh, Peter goes and, and, and is in his house, and uh, Peter goes and goes to his house, visits him there, and the sort of beginnings of a church forming there, and it says in verse ten, uh, chapter ten, verse forty-four, while Peter was speaking these words, i.e., while he's explaining who Jesus was, the Holy Spirit came on everyone who heard the message. The circumcised believers who who came with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had bought, had been poured out even on the Gentiles, even on those who weren't Jewish. Verse forty-six says, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So the Holy Spirit comes on Cornelius and his extended household and, 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 the, and the response is that they speak in tongues. And uh, that's, that's the kind of manifestation that comes. And we see this going on uh, through, the, through the book of Acts. Um, another example is, is, is in chapter 19. Uh, Paul is in Ephesus here. And again, the, the believers there hadn't received the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 2. Uh, verse two and um, and, and Paul, Paul prays for them. And it says again in verse six, uh, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Uh, 
So these are some of the things that happen when people are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's clearly a, uh, a significant, empowering uh, moment. And then just to kind of stick in the, in the, in the Bible, we see in, in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14, uh, it, Paul writes to this church in, in Corinth, this port city in Greece, um, a bit like Bristol, I think, in some ways. Um, he writes about uh, spiritual gifts. And it sounds like it's quite a wacky church. You know, there's lots of crazy stuff going on. Um, and it's a bit chaotic, perhaps. And um, he, he talks to them about speaking in tongues and, and gives them some teaching on, on how to use this gift. And he distinguishes here between tongues that are designed for interpretation and tongues that are designed for just uh, speaking ourselves. And it's helpful to have that distinction. So there's, there's this, and Paul talks about how he, he speaks in tongues more than anyone and it builds him, he builds him up. It edifies him. It encourages him in his faith. <coughs> Excuse me. And then he talks about how the gift of tongues used in a sort of public setting, a worship setting, needs to be interpreted so that someone else, can, so that everyone else can understand it. Otherwise, it's just a bit weird. And um, and the gift of interpretation of tongues is a is a separate gift to the gift of, of speaking in tongues. So uh, to speak on, I'll, I'll weave in a bit of my own story here. And uh, and for me, I, I in in my sort of early Christian years, I was intrigued by the the. the seeming power that some Christians seem to walk with that I don't think I, I had. And, and I, I was aware of this thing of speaking in tongues. And, um, and I asked the people that were discipling me about it. And they prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues. And, um, and nothing, well, I felt a, a real peace and a sort of weighty presence on me. Uh, as they did that, I wasn't sure if I was making that up or if it was God. To be honest, um, it was—I think I'd recognise it in retrospect as being a sort of weighty calmness, a weighty peace that that that, that I would associate with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I didn't speak in tongues, I, and then I sort of lost interest and thought, "Hey, it doesn't matter. It hasn't happened." Um, then I read a book, uh, "Chasing the Dragon," uh, by Jackie Pullinger about her work in Hong Kong with um, addicts for many years, and I was. And I thought, oh gosh, she's um, praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues. And they're coming off heroin and opium um, addictions without any side effects, pain-free. That's extraordinary. That's that that maybe this is a useful gift after all. And as she walked around the streets of Hong Kong, the walled city as it was then, she she would speak in tongues, and actually opportunities would come up for people to talk to her, and she'd be able to pray with people and and see miracles happen that she didn't have before she started using this gift and walking in this way. So I thought, oh, the, the, it sounds like the, the gift of tongues is a way of accessing the supernatural, uh, or, or, you know, changing the atmosphere, t- you know, giving a, an extra power. Maybe it is worthwhile. So I then pursued it some more, and, and I, and I realised that actually I could, just, uh, I could just speak on my own. And I, and I just sort of, I thought I was making things up to start with, but actually I realised I was, I was speaking, speaking in, in, in using the gift of tongues, which sits just beneath the... I was saying to someone the other day, it's a bit like a... Um, if you've ever sucked water out of a um, a siphon, you know, and if you're like cleaning out a fish tank or something, you have to sort of suck the water out to get it going. You have a tube and you start by sucking it with your mouth. It's a bit gross. You spit it out and then it has its own momentum after that and just come, if you, as long as you keep the pipe down low, it keeps coming out. And I think speaking in tongues is a bit like that. I think we can pray for each other to receive the gift and then we can just believe that we've got it and we can just start speaking. And... Uh, um, and I've found over the years, there's been times when I've been speaking in tongues and it's actually been a, a, another earthly language. Someone uh, had a time I was praying with a friend and I was speaking in tongues. I didn't, I don't speak much Spanish, a few odd words, but apparently I was speaking in Spanish and it was, it was pretty profound what I was saying. Um, a Spanish speaking friend told me afterwards, uh, 
but other times I, I, I just find it an uplifting and an encouraging time. Often I hear God a bit more clearly whilst I'm speaking in tongues. Uh, it builds me up, builds up my faith. And Paul talks about this. He says it's, it edifies us when we speak in tongues. Uh, in some way, we're accessing this, this, the, 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 the spirit of God that resides within us. It, we're giving him opportunity to, to come out, to, to, to manifest in our, in our life. And, uh, and so, yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 also talks about the interpretation of tongues. And we've had some wonderful times when someone has shared, has felt prompted by the spirit, nudged in some way to share a tongue and speak it out loud. Um, in a in a worship service or something like that, or a prayer meeting or a gathering of some sort, and someone brings a message, and then we say, as as per sort of the Corinthians instructions, we sort of wait and say, Lord, will give us an interpretation now. And someone else, sometimes even two or three people, might have a sense of an interpretation that they then speak out. And again, it's a it's a step of faith to do that. Um, interestingly, from experience, it looks like it's it's more of an interpretation than a translation. Uh, I, it's not a word for word translation necessarily, but it's a sense of what God was saying. Uh, we've had it several times when there's been slightly different things have been said, but they've been complimentary and they feel like they've got a weightiness of God about them. They've really, you know, changed uh, and encouraged and built us all up. So that's the gift of tongues in a nutshell. Going through the Bible, um, there's something about it as a way of connecting with God, um, moving into the sort of fullness of of the the integrated life that He has for us, whereby He lives in us and walks with us. And it's uh, I tend to speak in tongues whenever I go for a walk each day to pray, and a lot of that time I'll be speaking in tongues quietly under my breath until someone comes towards me, then I sort of disguise it so I don't look too strange. But I but I certainly find that so helpful when I don't know what to pray. Um, many many say so i'd encourage you now and i'm just going to uh finish this by praying and it's it's a simple thing actually we can just simply ask god uh, give me this gift and um i'm going to pray in tongues now and you could you could say that and you could you know right wherever you are i just want to say holy spirit come whoever's listening to this and pursuing this gift of tongues we bless you in the name of jesus to receive the holy spirit now uh and to know actually that god is for you he loves you and he loves to give good gifts to his children. And you're one of his children. You're, you're greatly loved by him. Holy Spirit, fill, fill us now. And we release the gift of tongues in the name of Jesus. This, it just sits below the surface and you can you can you can choose to speak out in tongues whenever you like it's this wonderful wonderful uh, gift that god's given us so bless you uh, always happy to talk uh, pray if you'd like to do that anymore um uh yeah we'll finish there